here's much about being overweight and uh, what can we do about it. We hear about diet and fat and all such stuff as this. And what we're going to do and what we can't do, how we kind of like to get together in order to do something. And uh, one individual or two even uh, said they were going to join Weight Watchers. And they were going to join us on the drive to uh, Harrisburg on Tuesday night. And uh, kind of trying to get up the car load to go with them. And uh, actually, I guess that's all right, but I think it's kind of foolish because we have Weight Watchers here at Thursday night. <laughs> We have a weight watchers here every Thursday night. It's the Bible way too. All you've got to do is just come. According to the Bible, we'll anoint you with your sign of separation. And you can miss one or two meals a day for as long as you want to. Or you can cut down and don't eat your cake. That's a form of fasting. Or, or do without something. That's a form of fasting. And that's God's manner of that. And not only do you diet and lose weight and feel better yourself, but you're doing something for the Lord. Now I ask you, isn't it just a little bit foolish then to want to do these things? Come on. Stay with me. Thursday night, if I'm very near, I haven't talked to Fred Lutter, but I thought maybe we might change this name. The Weight Watchers. Being everybody's concerned about Weight Watchers, maybe they might come, or we call it Solid Missouri, they don't come. But actually and truthfully, if you want to do something for the Lord, and you do want to do the Lord, this is Bible way. It isn't just fasting to afflict yourself. But uh, God lays down to the Bible this way to keep yourself under control. And you don't have to fast all day and then eat like a horse the rest of the week. You don't have to do this. You can do this if you want to. If you're just afflicting your soul for it. But you can fast one meal a day for a week. Two meals a day for a week, or if you just want to do without something that you know is fascinating. This is fasting, and do it in the name of the Lord. And do it for Him, and make yourself feel better, and make God feel better. Amen? All right, Weight Watchers Thursday night. It's still solid assembly, but I wanted to give you something to think about. Some. We really appreciate it if you would come out. I believe it's a necessity. I really do. If I didn't believe it was, I wouldn't have it. I think it has been actually the backbone of the church for quite some time. You look around you. I think I don't think it's all been that, and I don't think that, that you can say it has, but I think that it has had its place in increasing the membership and helping individuals that are in trouble. Because we keep a constant uh, round the clock almost every day in fasting and prayer, and this is supposed to be limited to somebody else, not ourselves. Well, ourselves actually not even to be included on this day. We shouldn't even ask a thing for ourselves. It's supposed to be for somebody else, for the growth of some individual, for the health of some individual, or something like this. And afflicting yourself and let God take care of the rest of it. You're doing this for Him. And you don't have to worry about going to the doctor to get a diet. God's already took you. He knows how to handle things. You see, when you just listen to God in the first place, and what he has to say, there's not an avenue in an individual's life, physically or spiritually, that God has to cut in his book. He's covered it all. All we've got to do is listen to what he has to say. All right, shall we stand? I'd like for us to get our thoughts together again and begin to think about
about how much we love the Lord and in appreciation for Him. Let's give honor to His glorious power and His wonderful name this morning. As we sing out to God, to Him alone, Heavenly Father, I appreciate Pentecostals, we've had that in our midst for a long time, and 
It still seemingly hasn't brought the power and the, uh, the things that the early church had. Many search out and try to find and do find and initiate different programs that try to recapture the splendor and the power and the grandeur of the early church. All to no avail. I'm not sure this morning, in fact I will rephrase that, I'm very sure this morning that the one thing I'm going to speak about perhaps isn't the only thing that is needed, but if I'm any judge of character or any student of the scripture, I'm sure that if we could find this in the quiet of our individual lives as well as our church lives, as a congregation, I'm sure that we could solve the problems, many of them that exist in our lives and in the church today. I don't believe it's lack of power because I believe we have it. Because the Bible says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So if it has come upon us, then surely we have received power. I don't believe it's the lack of power. I don't believe so much that it's lack of wisdom or knowledge. And many of the other things that I don't think that functions uh, that go on in the church today to capture membership is actually the necessity or the thing that's missing. But I believe the thing that is missing that they always have. I think when you find that this disappeared, the church become weaker and weaker. And that one thing is continuity. Or the failure to continue in something. It is not the fact that we receive the Holy Ghost. It's the fact that we continue in the Holy Ghost. It's not the fact that we start something, but it's the fact that we must continue in the things that he started. And I think you'll find this in the majority of churches that it's easy to start something. Everybody can form something. You can form a committee and it'll go just head over heels for just a little while. And then the first thing you know, it's spaced out. There's one or two carrying the load. You can start something else. And the first thing you know, it'll get old. And then first thing you know, there's one or two carrying the load and perhaps there's not any. And because of this, the church remains stagnated and it remains weak. The full cast away, not upon the abilities of Almighty God, to supply and provide us with the necessities for our salvation. But the fault must lie in human individuality who fail in their continuity or their continuance in doing the things that God has called us out to do. The hardest thing as far as the Christian life is concerned is a continuance into the divine word of God. A continuance in seeking after the light. A continuance in walking in the light. A continuance in searching for new phases of God's plan of salvation. A continuance of upholding the word of God. A continuance of walking free from the bondage of this world. In other words, a continuity that we need in this world today seems not to be here. I think it would embrace the whole individual, us in the church as individuals. One of these scriptures to start this off with. I want you to look at it very closely. Many of us have become aware. First off, I want you to realize that God is continuing God. He is the God that goes so far and then quits and starts all over again. I realize that 
And a lot of ministers will leave you that way and say that he tried the Old Testament and it didn't work, so he did away with that and he began it new. But that's not so. The Old Testament brought us up to the new. He interwove it and continues on. And he still is. God is continuing God. In every plan, in every facet of that plan, God has a continuing element in it until that element is fulfilled. And God being a continuing God makes me more sure than ever that he wants a continuing people. Hallelujah. Not a starting people, but a continuing people. Of course, you've got to start before you can continue. And many people have been concerned about the element of waiting or tarrying. Listen to this in St. Luke. I want to get this scripture right. It's the last chapter of St. Luke. That would be the 24th, wouldn't it? 24th chapter of St. Luke in the 49th verse, where Christ is speaking concerning something very important to the early church and it still is today. He was speaking concerning the promise of the Father, which was the Holy Ghost, that the church must receive before they get anything else. God help us if we could just get this to the world. If we could just uh, be assured ourselves of the necessity of this thing of receiving the Holy Ghost before we can actually do anything in the manner that God would have us to do it. And he says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And so many times people get the idea that in order to receive the Holy Ghost, you have to wait. Of course, you don't wait for it to come down because it's never went back up. But in searching this out, the thing that really puts me in it is what the word actually means. Terry, and that word comes from the Greek, Greek word proskatero. And proskatero actually means in our word continue. Now then let's read it like it's really saying. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but continue ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power upon high. I believe what God is trying to say is something that we've left out. I believe he told him to go to Jerusalem, and I don't think he just turned them loose and let them do whatever he wanted to in Jerusalem. I think he told them to continue there in their manner of worship until the promise of the Father came down upon them. A continuity in this life. A movement in this life. Something that will keep us from stagnating. Anything that moves will never stagnate. Thank God. It's that that sets still. It's what becomes stagnant. And that's the reason why so many... Many churches are only cesspools of stagnation. It's because individuals have set still. As a congregation, we have set still. And there has been no continuing force in our life. We have rejoiced in the fact that the blood of Christ cleansed us from sin and evil. We have rejoiced in the fact that the Holy Ghost came down upon us. And now we're setting, finding no further study of God. Finding no indwelling presence of God moving in our life anymore, and we are not, in other words, continuing in Christ. There's no stopping place in God. He is a continuing God. 
one of the things that makes us a failure and makes us weak is simply because we can hardly ever reach one accord. And then when we do, we certainly can't continue in it for seven days until something happens. Amen, Brother Holtzbrook. In other words, the continuity is broken. And that's one of the main ingredients that it takes to receive the power. They continued with one accord. Every mind was upon one thing. I don't say there wasn't other things that came in these minds. I believe individuals there, perhaps there were women that had children maybe at home, left them with somebody else. There was husbands maybe had jobs. I pray they pushed those things in the background as they were there and continually they made it their life and they made it their effort to stay in one accord until the promise of Christ came upon them. You know, I believe, as sure as I'm sitting, standing here, and I'm sincere in it, I believe if we, as a church, could come and remain in one accord, I believe we'd see souls filled with the Holy Ghost sitting in our seat before they left this building. Hallelujah. We're starting us. Because that's continuity. That's motion. That's continuing. That's not just starting. Anybody can stop. And it takes a brave soul to be able to function in peace. And that's why you see souls by the wayside. That's why you see souls that's cold. That's why you see the warmness overcrowding itself in the churches. It's because of the failure how we as individuals as well as the church to continue in what we know to be so. Continued in one accord and continued in prayer. There was a continuity in prayer and there was a need for a continuity in prayer. Unbroken, uninterrupted prayer. I don't mean that they stayed on their knees. I don't mean that they didn't do anything else but pray. That I think one, not one second and not one minute went by that what this mind was praising and praying to Almighty God. I don't believe anything took preeminence over that prayer that they wanted to receive the promise. I think they shut their housework out. I think they shut their children out. I think they shut every word to the place out. And they were continually with one accord and continually in prayer. When prayer, prayers are forgotten in Many of us don't even know how to pray. Or some of us can like, kneel down and spill big words off without any problem. Others can kneel down and stammer around and never really say anything. And really knowing how to pray. It's when you can approach God and on His level by the Spirit and man to man you have a talk to the Master. That's prayer. And continuous in prayer was a necessity in that need. I don't believe the Holy Ghost would have ever come without the continuance of one accord. I don't believe it would ever come without the continuance of prayer. But there's something else here. It says, and supplication. And that actually means humble 
Have darkness. It is in you. You know, supplication is different than from prayer. The Bible tells us we should pray for all, have duty bounds to pray for. Have this supplication. You're not duty bound to do anything. You're doing it because you're humble, because you're sincere, and because you're desirous to see the things in your life change and the lives of the world surrounding you change. That's beseeching. God give us some beseeching Christian in the world today. God give us some way, somebody and get out of their own framework, of their own house, and beseech God for a better world, a better town, a better neighborhood, a better church, or a better family life, or a better family existence in this world today. God give us that. But that was not just a one-day-a-week thing, a one-day-a-month thing, but that was continuity. That was something and they did it all the time. Over and over and over. For seven days and for seven nights as they continued for the promise. They were with one accord in prayer and supplication. Hallelujah. And they paid off, did For the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. See, they were continuing for something. They wasn't just waiting. They were waiting in a sense at Jerusalem because that's as far as they should go. And they were continuing for the promise of the Holy Spirit. There had to be an atmosphere created for it to come here. Hallelujah. We've forgotten that. We as a church have forgotten that there has to be an atmosphere created to welcome the Holy Spirit of God. It has to be an individual lives. God bless your soul that has to be in this church. I've seen souls come to the altar, and I've seen some of us saints of God actually blame their poor souls because they didn't receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and there wasn't any atmosphere here created for the Holy Spirit to come. I've seen souls also that haven't created an atmosphere in their own lives. Regardless of what atmosphere the church creates, there must be one created in your own life. But friend, that's continuity. That's a continuance in this thing. And they had to create an atmosphere. The first thing they realized, I think that ought to be a lesson to everyone. The first thing they realized is that no place with a dividing mind is worthy of the Holy Spirit of God. And I think they realized their first need and their first necessity was to get in one mind and in one accord. Preach it, Brother Host, all you're doing. Say amen, preachers. Thank you. And then once they have reached a continuity of one accord, you see, they just couldn't get in it one day. And then let it go because somebody put our poor little feelings. And because somebody crossed us a little bit. Then unity went out the window. One part was gone. It was broken. But friend, when they found that element of one accord, they fought to keep it. You don't need to tell me that just happened. Because I know humanity as well as you do. Once it comes, it takes a fight to keep it. Because I don't believe that the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost.
before the devil's not there. I believe he was there before the Holy Ghost came. But I think they whipped him in his own game, and I believe continuity did. I think a continuance in this thing did. I think the perpetual motion of moving for Christ is what did. And if they took it then, God bless your sweet souls, you still want to take it today. How you can say what you want to, live like you want to, do what you want to. But if you're really concerned about your friends, and about the neighbors, and about your town, and about your life, and about the life of your family, you'll make an effort. You'll continue in something. And once they found that one accord, they continued in that one accord. Not just for the seven days, and you'll find that continuity last for quite some years. Because every time the church came together, they had one thing in mind. Save lost humanity. Oh, God, yes. Have we lost that? Has that gone? Do we not waste our time praying for God to forgive us when we should have never been in a position to have to have forgiveness again? Every time they came together, have one sole desire, us to reach humanity, us to save the world, us to deliver people from darkness and from the demon forces of hell. And then they found a need for continuance in prayer. You know why revival comes and leaves? Revival comes because it's prayed down. It leaves because it's not prayed stayed and kept here. That's the only thing. Revival comes. Revival ought to be in a spiritual church. I'm saying again, revival ought to be in a spiritual church. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Every time we enter into the house of God, there should be an air of revival in our souls. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But they had a need. The Holy Ghost had to come. And they could have went there and sat. And I'll bar to you one thing according to the word of God. It would have never come. So that does away with just waiting for something. A lot of us got that idea. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, why don't you just continue in the ways of God and let God take care of the rest of you? Or somebody said, well, the Bible says stand still, right? And they were in that. Those 120 on the day of Pentecost, our work would have been destitute of the greatest gift God ever gave humanity, which is the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody found the secret, and bless God, they utilized it. And friend, we need to find the secret yet today. Glory. It's easy for you to worship God right now. I saw some of you have not even any time. And for souls that want to cry out, you can do it now. And how about a continuum time? A continuum, perpetual motion. A continuity of a life. So dedicated. And it'll be continually in one accord with God. You know, you don't have to worry about being in one accord with me. All you've got to do is worry about being in one accord, one accord with God. If we as a church could get in one accord with God, we would be in one accord with one another. And what it means in the world today. We spend too much time wondering 
what we can say or do to get in one accord with one another. Have you missed the boat completely? Find out what it takes to get in accord with love. What it takes to commune with him. And then if we all do that, we just automatically in one accord with one another. Hallelujah. And disagree with me if you would, but don't you think that if we continually found ourselves in that position, don't you think that Brother Charlie could straighten up? Don't you think that Sister Lee could see? Don't you think those that are afflicted could find their healings if we could find the continuity that molded the other Charlie church together? Do you think God would withhold those things for us? It doesn't all lie on the church. It lies on the individuals. They must be continual in their desire and fervency to receive. And the church must be continual in their desire and fervency to see that they receive. You see, I'm a firm believer in these things need to be. And there's something that's missing. There's an element that's missing. And it's not the Holy Ghost. So it must be a continuity. Failure of continuing in the power of the Holy Ghost. It says after they left, and notice this in St. Luke again, we go back to the last verse. And they were continually, see this is when they were supposed to be waiting, so to speak. But if you wait, you're just almost open to do whatever you want to. And they wasn't told to wait. They were told to continue, and so they did. They were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. <laughs> Some of you sore-armed people that can't get your arm up, I don't know what you do. Some of you that can't open your mouth or your heart either one, I don't know what you do. And praising and blessing God, that's what you do. You know, again, I've seen people just freshly receive the power of the Holy Ghost. And all their lips speak wonderful things. And their hands are raised to their body. Holding magnifies God. And they give them six months and nothing magnifies God. What am I talking about? I'm talking about again the continuity. How an individual have perpetual moving for God. No stagnation. It gives the devil too much time to work. And too much room to work in. That's why you don't feel as good now as you did when you were a new Christian. It's not necessarily because the powers of hell are working against you. That is simply because there has been a failure to continue in the one mind, one accord, prayer, supplication, and all the things that you're supposed to continue in. Acts 3.42, after the church had been established, after the Holy Ghost had come, you don't find them whiling away the time and worthless things. People moving together, gossiping when they could just easily be praying, settling their mind to other things, but they need to be continuing in God. And then you wonder what's the matter with your growth? What's the matter with the growth of the church? It's a good thing, depending on the pastor. Maybe I'm to blame for part of it, and I won't accept it all. Because there's got to be a continuity in you, a moving in you. I continue it in you, I desire in you, one accord in you, prayer and supplication in you. And it's got to continually be there. Acts 3.42 and says, And they, which watched the church at that time, continue, hallelujah, in that dislike God and God's people, always doing something, hallelujah. You know, 
what really gripes me as a pastor is people that say, well, I just can't find a thing to do for the Lord. What's the matter with you? Your eyes not open? Can't you see the word lost? Are your ears where they can't hear? Can't you hear the cries and screams of the dying? Are your feet lame that you can't walk and, and administer to the needs of individuals? Has your hands crippled that you can't stretch forth your hands? What's the matter with you? The whole world is dying, and you say you can't find anything to do for God. God, I'm glad you're here. Because you wouldn't have to be here to pray. Hallelujah. They continued steadfastly. That word means firmly and constantly. Consistently. They continued. Inconsistency is a ruination of lives and churches. Say that again, Brother Hospital. But we've got a church full of inconsistent people. Inconsistent in their prayer. Inconsistent in their fasting. Inconsistent in their attendance. And then have the audacity to stand and say, I want to see so and so say. If you did, you'd get a continuity about you that the powers of hell couldn't take away from you. Search your life. Look at it and see where you're neglectful at. I think a lot of your unhappiness could be answered by your failure to be continually in the blessings of God. I really believe it with all my heart. And they continued constantly, consistent they were. And the apostles doctrine. <coughs> Hallelujah. You see, they just didn't always preach doctrine either. But they were consistent in it. They didn't back down any place, anywhere. They didn't lower the standards in order for people to come in. They kept them right where they was. And people had to raise their standards to become a child of God. And they were consistent in that. They were continuing in the Apostles' Fellowship. Hallelujah. Fellowship is a good thing. Right hand in the fellowship. But you know, some of us could just fellowship some of us. Amen. The rest of them could go to go. The rest of us can go to Blazers and all our time. They don't speak our same language. Ouch. But it is so. We have fellowship with certain. And certain others we don't and we won't. And then we say, what's the matter? God, I pray, yes, have you had continuity? Have you continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Fellowship? Brother, let me tell you something about the Apostles' Fellowship. The Apostles' Fellowship embraced the heart of them saved, as well as the richest men there were. They embraced them. And they made no difference whose house they broke bread in at all. Amen. Lord, and God won't allow us to either. I said God won't allow us to either. Oh, I don't say you can't have friends, people you think more of than others. And you can't disassociate yourself from, from the majority of people just because they're alive, has not lived because their house will look like you think they ought to live or ought to be to live in. You can't do that. And there's a lot of people let me say it and say it plain that there's a lot of people that don't come to this church for that very same reason. It's because fellowship has been found with certain individuals. And never at one time do we have a kind word 
or even any time-tainer into the homes of other individuals. Oh, you The breaking of bread broke bread from Constantine. In other words, that don't mean it just went into the distant ocean. A bread is God's word. And they went from house to house breaking up We go from house to house breaking one another in the It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard and it's the devil's work to have three or four people together but what will not have a stranglehold on somebody's neck even them up and down the road. But all at the same time we could be breaking open that good old word of God and we could be feasting on what it says. Friend Jesus is about ready to come and we could satisfy ourselves with many scriptures. We could leave one of those homes with houses rejoicing glorifying God, knowing that we have been continually in this and in prayer. Acts 3.46 says that they continue daily. Not once a week or once a month, but daily and still they have that ingredient. Hallelujah. That thing that is missing daily with one accord in the temple praising God. Praising God. A lot of people think you can't have a service if you don't have song. You can't have a service if you don't testify. You can't have a service if the preacher don't preach. And one of the greatest services an individual can found is for us to come in one accord and give our hearts and minds to the praise of the eternal and glorious God of heaven on the benefit that we derive from him. Hallelujah. Glory. Daily, praising God. St. John 8, 31 says, Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples in me. Without doubt, in other words. If you continue, it's not enough to be obedient to God's word once. As far as salvation is concerned, but there is again a continuity about this thing. There is a continuance. And he said, if you continue in my word, then you are made my disciples in me. St. John 59 says, continue ye in my love.
to continue in the grace of God. Not just a one-time appliance, but a continuation, continuing in the grace of God. Paul exhorts them in Colossians 4.2 to continue in prayer and in watching. The Bible says watching pray. Many of us spend all our time praying, get up and bungle into the same thing that we ask God to keep us from, simply because we know it over our eyes. And many of us pray for God to help us, and we've dedicated in our heart that we're not going to be helped. We're going to continue with our same old adverse spirit. We're going to have the same feeling, and it don't make any difference what God does or what people tell us. We're going to stay like we are. Well, that's a good continuity, all right, that will take you straight to hell. And finishing this, I think the Apostle Paul closes it out real good. As he says in Hebrews 13 and 1, let brotherly love continue. Let it continue. Friend, wouldn't you agree with me? On the preface of what I have said, that perhaps if we could recapture this element of continuity in our lives and in our church, don't you think that we might recapture some of the miracles and some of the power that seems to be distant from us? Almost at the door sometimes. And then there's a break. And that continues to do God's will and God's will. There's somebody that wants to be betrayed. There's somebody that set about and things not running just right and they won't change. There's somebody because you've got some idea. And you don't know. And you're not just hurting yourself. But you're hindering God's church from reaching the cripple, the man, the hall, the blind. I will say, I don't know the background of the people and I wouldn't dress them. Sometimes I wonder how many souls have been brought down to me. Mm -hmm. Might have been a break if some church somewhere mm -hmm. found a company to keep the miracles alive. You see, you can't do it with yourself like that. God ordered the body. I didn't. I didn't make it.
not seen this thing, but was a shooter. And in the latter days, God will have a box. And from the continental, he will be restored. They would continue one mind and one form of prayer and supplication in the grace of God and the love of God and the power of God. God. The bone of his bone was his pattern of God. And I may seem harsh to her, but friend God, if that's the way, if you can't find it on the to be cooperative with God and with the body of Christ, then it would behoove you to seek God someplace in all the prayer and finance. Close your eyes with abilities, inabilities, attitudes. 